0: Are you ready,
1: Christine? I'm ready. Are
2: you ready, Ma? Yes, I am. Listen to the story. This story takes place mostly in Kansas, a pl- a, where we spent a decade one year. <laughs> we are doing 1967's In Cold Blood.
0: I never even looked up to see where in Kansas it
3: was.
2: Oh, I forgot I, I lived to in Kansas yeah it wasn't i don't think it was close to uh leavenworth although leavenworth might have been where they got released from anyway a prosperous and respected farmer his wife and two teenage children are wantonly and brutally slaughtered the murderers are two mindless ex-con drifters neither of whom sane enough to regret their crime. Mm. So I looked up, I had a general, you know, idea of what wanton meant, you know, but I looked it up just to give you the Webster's Dictionary. Cruel, violent, deliberate, unprovoked. Ah. I don't think I knew that. I
0: didn't either. When I hear wonton, I think of the food. (laughs) (laughs) The nice soup. I looked up where Holcomb is. It's it's on the other, the western half. I guess you, not totally in the southwestern corner, but more southwest uh,
2: portion of Kansas.
0: So, on the other side of.
2: Right, it starts in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Kansas City Mm. is divided and is in two states. So I think they, I think he got out of Leavenworth probably. Mm. I see. Mm. Mm,
0: No, but if he got out of Leavenworth, he, would he have had, because remember that was part of his parole was like, you can't go into Kansas and that was violating his parole. Maybe it wasn't and then he who knows basically just- I don't know
2: Truman didn't tell
0: us that part.
2: You and you read the book now, right, ma? Mm-hmm. Did you remember any of the book? I remember I remembered the family um and them walking through the house, but I don't know. It was it was several years ago. Are we ready for the particulars? Yes, we are.
0: Mm-hmm. In Cold Blood, it came out in theaters December 15th, 1967.
2: Nice Christmas really? movie. Christmas movie.
0: Mm-hmm. It was produced, the screenplay is written by, and directed by Richard Brooks. He was born Ruben Sachs to Russian Jewish immigrants. Mm-hmm. And he went to Temple University, so he had ties to Philadelphia. Nice. Mm-hmm. He legally changed his name in 1943 to Richard Brooks. Good idea. He wrote and directed Blackboard Jungle, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and, look- <gasps> and Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Is there a song?
3: No, no, that's Fiddler on the Roof.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if I knew Fiddler on the Roof, if I would go to If I were t- a rich man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if I were a cat <laughs> on the roof, it's, it's tin. <laughs>
0: Um, but Okay, so he did Looking for Mr. Goodbar. On the first day of shooting Looking for Mr. Goodbar, he said this to the cast and crew. I include it because this kind of paints the picture of to get an idea of this man. He also hated bigotry, by the way. Richard Brooks and bigotry, mortal enemies. He said, quote, I'm sure that all of you have your own ideas about what kind of contribution you can make to this film what You can do to improve it or make it better, keep it to yourself. It's my fucking movie, and I'm gonna make it my way. You know what? Well done, just to let everybody know. Uh, he, he was, um, on, he wouldn't do well in the 2024s. His uh style of making films, he was known to put hands on people, Ooh. <laughs> Me too. yell at people. He Oh, he would he would have just been just, out on a what running out on a roof. Out on
2: a
3: hot
0: tin roof.
2: Out exactly out what I was roof. thinking, Teenie.
0: This it's based on the 1966 novel In Cold Blood by Truman Capote. He started Truman Capote started working on the book before the killers were captured. He traveled to Kansas with his best friend, one Harper Lee, and um was, you know, investigating, collecting things. I can't do a Truman Capote voice, but it's just, well, when I think about him, though, I get his voice in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two were arrested six weeks after the murder, and it took Truman Capote another six years to work on the book. And then well, it I, came out.
3: I can't remember. It, it was something like 8,000 pages of notes he had or something like that. He took like an obscene amount of notes. Oh, yeah. He yeah. And he there's um
0: the 2005 film um Capote, remember that when that came out and Philip Seymour Hoffman plays him? Mm-hmm. That movie is about him researching and writing In Cold Blood.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: So, if you want more on him and what he was doing, and he's like all over right now. He there's the oh. the uh, FX series Swans, feud mm. Swans like Truman Capote versus the Swans, and I was watching not this week's but last week's Saturday Night Live and a weekend update. Um, let's okay. just face plays him. He did a Truman Capote because it was introducing the first like Women's History Month, so it was he was being Truman Capote, the guy that did the iceberg. The Titanic Iceberg. Wait, oh, wait, uh, uh, uh huh. Yeah, I'm completely. Uh, Bowen Yang. Yes, yes. Mm. Um, and so he was Truman Capote. Oh, I'm gonna have Oh, to he'd be a good out. one.
2: Yeah. I love Bowen so Yang.
0: He's just like Truman Capote. He became, he, this was his, the last book that he ever finished publishing. And he became, um, just a, a persona. Really, he got paid to, to, I mean, he was an alcoholic and then he got paid to go on TV shows because he had a very quick wit and would say wildly outlandish things. And he was one of the few uh, famous people who was, you know, openly homosexual in those times. He would be on Dick Cavett a lot. Mm hmm. Um, So it's edited by Peter Zinner. Who also edited, I don't know if you've heard of these, uh, The Godfather, The Godfather Part 2, 1976 is A Star Is Born, and The Deer Hunter, just to name a few. Okay. Mm -hmm. The music is by Quincy Jones. It is. Who also did The Whiz*, In the Heat of the Night, The Italian Job, They Call Me Mr. Tibbs, Uh, Thriller, Bad whole bunch of music for other people like frank sinatra and stuff also there's a great netflix documentary you may have heard of called the greatest night in pop and he pro- features in it prominently it's when they were doing the we are the world song so you can get see kind of his musical genius um did you know that his great grandmother was enslaved on a plantation in louisville And was impregnated by a lanyard, which was a a white family. And they had their, the lanyard family tree has ties to musicians and poets, including Tennessee Williams. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And his ancestors on that side of his family fought for the Confederacy. So he is technically eligible for membership in the Sons of the Confederate veterans thing that they have.
2: Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. He's also... You still have that. Oh, oh! I'm sure. I'm sure that it's recently, its ranks have been swelling of, since, of late. You know, ever since 2000, I'm sure if we looked at the chart of membership in 2008, just whew, <laughs> to the moon, skyrocketed. It was dwindling, dwindling. And then just, I have no, uh, I have nothing to back up this hypothesis of mine. I'm thinking he's also related to betty washington lewis who is the sister of george washington um so i thought it was interesting because i didn't know that he had roots going back to a plantation in louisville and i wondered is could we be related i mean because louisville and there's so much music in in that that area and that's that side of the family like my dad's family all musicians Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, you Very know,
1: funny.
0: look at that—the unintended consequences of creating your own, um, your own property, right there. Mm-hmm. You just pass down this great musical lineage, and then he also got it, I'm sure, from the African side with all of those beats and all the great greatness that we have that we talked about, like in the film New Orleans and stuff coming over. He was, yeah, he Quincy Jones, though, at this time in his career had little film experience. And despite the vast contributions that Black Americans have given music, few were hired to compose scores for feature films. In fact,
2: in, in 67? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's just why? Because by 67, we had had, you know, Louis Armstrong. Like, mm-hmm. jazz had been invented. All of these things had been invented. From white people.
1: Oh,
3: yeah, Yeah, you forgot that part actually. And then, and
2: then you know, they let the black people copy it, yeah, my bad. And the Charleston and all of that.
0: Um, so Columbia wanted Leonard Bernstein, but then I also read a different thing that said that Columbia wanted Elmer Bernstein, and that made me laugh because I was like, See, I'm not the only one who has this issue. (laughs) So, Columbia probably wanted. Either Leonard or Elmer. They they probably didn't know the difference. But remember, Richard, I hate bigotry Brooks. He's insisted that Quincy Jones
2: be score this film. Nice. Mm-hmm. So only his character is up for fuckboy of the year. Richard Brooks? Well, oh, no, not Richard Brooks. Okay, okay. I was thinking of... Oh wow! I am last week. I am on last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, wrong movie. What were you? Th- what was last week? Um, against all odds, against
3: humanity. Odds against Tamari. Odds, oh. odds
2: against.
1: Tomorrow.
0: Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No. No. Richard Brooks. Like Thank very, you know. uh, very difficult director. Like very task. My but. I would say, you know, I always say wars are fought on many fronts. I think that anti-bigotry, we need we need a bit of a man who's going to put his hands upon people. You know? Everybody, like, we need a, um. well, we'll get to that, dude. But we always need a... We're going to get canceled, Tini. No!
3: Yeah. And not by us. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? It was me. Yeah. I yeah. said that
0: sometimes you got to... On and women's
3: day... They- Three of women's month. <laughs> yeah. The day three of women's month, I was like, hey, somebody we need a it. man yeah. who put our hands on people.
0: I didn't just say a man. It can also be a woman. A woman can go and put, put some hands on some people. If you are a okay. if you're can a I- Nazi, put some I yeah. Put Lisa the Smackdown on a Nazi.
3: Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say something the other way around. Can I just say something? This is Please. One, <laughs> a thousand degrees in the opposite direction. Thank Good. You. Nothing to do with anything. Yeah, we're going. Yes, we need to pivot. Um speaking of women's month, I saw this is Teeny's TikTok corner. A video about the first women's sports bar mm-hmm. that just opened up in just Minneapolis, to- I believe yeah it's like this weekend this wow. weekend i believe um it's called a bar of their own oh i believe i believe sewer in minneapolis yeah um it's called a bar of their own and it's show set to showcase women's sports all the time and before lunchtime it was packed um but I saw like a, a video, they were talking to, the, I saw a little news thing about it. And they were like talking about, there was this couple and she was like, I just had to call, a few weeks ago, there was a game I wanted to watch and I had to call Buffalo Wild Wings in advance to see if they'd be okay to put the game on. And um, this has nothing to do with anything other than Women's Month. But if you live in Minneapolis, if you're going anytime, it's open Wednesday through Sunday.
2: 11 to 11. Oh, I love that.
3: But I was like, also like, what a great idea. Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know if you guys listen to um, many sports, like podcasts and stuff. I, I have a handful that I listen to, but it's just been funny to hear the men complain of, not complain, but they're having this realization with uh, college basketball where men are totally, they're like, I, I don't care about the men's college basketball. They're all invested in the women's college basketball. They're like doing all this research and they're like, I don't even know if I'm going to fill out a bracket for the men's. I pro- like It's like completely shifted to where people were like, oh, I don't know. I'll just like fill out the women's bracket. It's just a, mm-hmm. a thing to do. And like, it was always the men's. And now like, because you know, women stay in the college. So you get to know right. the teams, you get to right. know the players and stuff that there's a little bit of through and also, you know, you have Caitlin Clark, which is just incredible and lighting things mm-hmm. up and she's not the only one. There's all of these different players on all these different teams who are like, there's this, I'm blanking on her name, but blanking on everyone's name today in at USC, who was just incredible. So it's just funny to hear, you know, where yeah. it's nice.
3: I saw yeah. Caitlin Nike just put up like a, a series of billboards Um, And it's all quotes that have been said about Caitlin Clark. Uh, I think it probably gets you know they start you know she shouldn't be playing like on the boys team whatever and then it
2: comes ah yeah
3: and the the
0: best part of um All Star NBA All Star Saturday night Saturday night it was the Sabrina I N that's the one part we watched yeah and the Steph Curry thing and like it was it was riveting because who he had he. if you, if they played that at like five, if it was a best of five, I'm not sure he wins.
2: Wow. No.
0: no. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. It, so nice. Nice. We have Conrad Hall as the director of photography. He also did Butch Cassidy and a Sundance Kid, American Beauty, Cool Hand Luke, Harper, mm. and Searching for Bobby Fisher, just to name a few. Wow. What was this guy's name? Conrad Hall.
3: That's a name.
0: Mhm. He's legendary. We have starring Robert Blake as Perry Smith. Robert Blake Blake in real life is Italian American. Um, he was in. Remember, he was a little boy in the Treasure of the Sierra Madre.
2: Exactly.
0: Where he played a Mexican child. Uh-huh. He was. They talked in- about that. Mhm. Uh-huh. Yes, they referenced
3: mm-hmm. it, and I understood the reference. Mm-hmm.
0: They he played Little Beaver in Red the Red Rider Western films, so he played Native American there. <laughs> he was also in PT One Hundred and Nine. That was the movie about John F. Kennedy's PT boat. Mm-hmm. He was in eighty two episodes of Beretta, the TV show. He appeared in forty Hour Gangs. Uh, films, also known as the train. Little, the Little Rascals. He ran away from his parents at fourteen, and he was acquitted in criminal court of the two thousand one murder of his second wife Bonnie Lee Blakely, but he was found guilt he was found liable in the civil court for her wrongful death.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We have Scott Wilson, and I think he he died last
2: March. Oh, really. Robert
0: Blake, not Scott Wilson. Right. No, Scott Wilson passed away recently, too. And then within the in the 2020s, I believe. He played Dick Hickok. He was in In the Heat of the Night, The Right Stuff, The Great Gatsby. Nerd Alert, he got this role because he was personally recommended by Sidney Poitier and Quincy Jones, who had worked with him and become impressed with him on In the Heat of the Night. And he said that Quincy Jones or neither Quincy Jones nor Sydney Poitier ever said anything to him about it. It wasn't until he got the role that it was like, oh, like by the way, this is how we heard about you. Who suggested you? Um, we have John Forsythe as Alvin uh-huh. Dewey. He was in It Happens Every Saturday, The Trouble with Harry, Scrooged. The television show Dynasty. And did his voice sound familiar? Because he was the original voice of one Charles Townsend. As in Charlie's Charlie's Angels. Angels. Hello, Angels. That was him. We have Paul Stewart as Jensen, the reporter. He was in Citizen Kane, The Bad and the Beautiful, 12 O'Clock High, and Nerd Alert he helped get his friend Orson Wilson Orson Wilson Orson Wells <laughs> his friend Orson Wells his first job in radio as an associate producer and then he went on to be an associate he got his first job he got, oh my gosh he got Orson <laughs> Wells his first job in radio and then he went on to become an associate producer and performer in Orson Welles' The War of the Worlds. Ah, uh, okay. Jeez. Whew. Then we have Sammy Thurman. Um, she played Flo Smith. So she was Perry's mother. She is a professional, a pro rodeo Hall of Fame barrel racer. She
2: really was. hmm Oh, Real wow. Deal.
0: And finally... There are two, you know, the guys that the two black guys that are going to pick them up. Those are Los Angeles Rams players, Rosie Greer and Lamar Lundy. Yep. We talked about Rosie Greer last
2: week. I know. How
0: crazy. Mm
2: -hmm. And those are the particulars. Well, I will set the table. Uh, This black and white movie starts by introducing the main characters. We meet Perry Smith as he arrives at a bus station and waits for Dick Hickok to pick him up. We meet Dick saying goodbye to his sick father, and we meet the Clutter family living their daily lives. What could go wrong? So, as far as POC, the two black men in the car, as previously stated, Mm -hmm. the guard at the at the facility at the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. And his mother, I believe she was
1: Mexican,
2: oh, or, or I, was she um, first American? I In
0: real life, I believe his mother was first American. Okay, okay. I don't know the background of T- Sammy Thurman. Of the Pro Rodeo Hall of Famer. Oh, okay. Those were but my POCs. There was also um I saw two black soldiers. Oh, you know, did you? Okay. In the background of the bus station, and then I thought that one of them another soldier. It would be funny if it was the same soldier, got into oh, no. the car when they were hitchhiking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so there was also numerous background um actors so i i didn't think it was an accident because of how much richard brooks hated bigotry but that it was interesting that he had so many especially in the bus station in the you know in the background but a lot of this film was shot really fast and documentary style so but you would i don't know if you would like now you would have to get releases and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so but it was just nice to see because how many films have we done where it's supposed to take place in the United States and even in the background, there's not a person of color at all. So there there were definitely black people who existed in this world, which is crazy because it's not, it's not necessarily something that you think of when you think of Kansas. Although Kansas. they were in Kansas City and that is a metropolitan area.
3: It is.
2: So cast...
3: I'm not Anyone? going first on this one this week. Oh, why, why not? Because I didn't do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is a good reason. By first,
3: I mean it all, but uh...
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that in some way I had, like, offended and that
3: you're like, Whoa. oh, no. I just didn't, you know. Other than the whole cast of the prison system, but. Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, I for this came from history. com because. <clears throat> you know, you're reading about this and everything. <clears throat> Sorry, oh my gosh. <clears throat> um, They, it's a farming town. It's Kansas and people don't think of. Violence in Kansas which I thought was odd because from 1855 to 1859, Kansas was known as bleeding Kansas mm. from those four years. Well, actually well, specifically those years, but there was a guerrilla war between pro-slavery and anti-slavery forces. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <clears throat> bleeding Kansas. It was a big deal. Um, so slavery, I mean, if you, uh, familiar with Hamilton, the the Hamilton musical, you know Mm. that slavery has always been a hot button topic in the forming of the United States. And Mm -hmm. they they really kicked the can down the road with the whole slavery question and stuff. So, you know, we get the Louisiana Purchase, we get a whole bunch of territories and stuff, and Missouri comes in and they did what was called the Missouri Compromise. So Missouri it came into the Union as a slave state but then they were like, okay, any other states that are above this bike border they're gonna be free states because you know the way that our government is set up the votes the senators all of that and one person has more they you know they uh-huh. wanted to keep everything even and stuff so, Kansas is, is a lot of people going to Kansas. So then there was this thing of like, okay, well, what's Kansas going to be? Is it going to be slavery or is it going to be free state? So in 1854, there was the Kansas-Nebraska Act that created the territories of Kansas and Nebraska, and they decided that they were going to let each state decide if they were allowed slavery. Of course, state rights. Well, Yeah, when they joined the union. So Nebraska was pretty much like, cool, we're not doing the slave thing. So that's cool. Done and done. Kansas, on the other hand, shared a border with Missouri, which was a slave state, so that's why they um, got became highly contested. So New England sent settlers to Kansas so that it would be, uh, you know, a free state. Meanwhile, the Missouri people crossed the border to illegally vote in their elections into Kansas. So through illegal votes and intimidation of anti-slavery voters, they ensured that the election of the slate went to pro-slavery legislators. Of course. Then you had, in Kansas, you had free staters known as the Jayhawkers. They were the free staters, Uh uh-huh. That's where Jayhawks come from. And they said, hell no, this shit is unfair. And then you get American hero, John Brown, circling back to what I was saying earlier, an abolitionist who was not afraid to do some blood in his, uh... John Brown is a very interesting man and he took slavery personal and he was not against shedding blood in his quest to make sure that slavery stopped and that it was completely outlawed. And unlike a lot of abolitionists, John Brown actually believed in that like, there were a lot of abolitionists who were like, no, you can't enslave them, but they are not. Oh, right.
2: They're still Come inferior. On, no, you're not, But it, not, John Brown was like... We're not doing equality here, but yeah. that's not enslave. He was ahead of his times in many ways, or he was
0: just a really decent human being. Hmm. So anyways, basically, despite the visibility of vi- of the violence in Kansas, relatively few of the settlers in the new territory were deeply invested in the conflict over slavery. Many of those listed on the pro-slavery side were poor farmers who didn't even enslave people, while the few anti-slavery settlers were champions of black, were were champions of black rights. Both groups simply wanted land for themselves and their families, but were caught up in an ongoing battle that was tearing the nation apart. So bleeding Kansas really gets really violent. It, and it, it's one of the things that led to the, you know, what's-his-face getting beat at the with the cane and stuff in Congress, on the floor of Congress. Like, that happened. It was just, like, blood was being shed over this issue. So, it wasn't a far step for mm-hmm. the Civil War to happen because
2: mm-hmm. already
0: blood is being shed by both sides who were just like, oh, y'all, y'all want to do this? All right, then we're going to do this. And they had it went at it. So it was just very interesting that people were like, oh, the quaint Kansas thing. And I was like, Kansas came into this union like bleeding Kansas. Just violence. Came in like a
2: wrecking ball.
0: Like a wrecking ball over the slavery issue. And then the other part of cast is that I have that we mentioned Rosie Greer when they show up, that you have these two black guys who are offering these people who just murdered an entire family in cold blood, and yeah. they turned down the ride because they were scared that they were gonna get robbed. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, that's pretty wild. But also, you know, maybe I'm not gonna say that they they weren't gonna not get robbed, you know what I mean? But it's just pretty wild that these guys are like, we're, we're is that murder- why, or did
2: they just not want to be in a car with black people? Yeah, because they thought that the black people were gonna rob them. Okay.
0: And, like, yes, you're oh, yeah, right. I forgot about it's, that part. It's both of those things. Like, both of them can be true. They didn't want to be in the car with the black people, but also they didn't want to be in the car with the black because they were scared that they were going to get robbed. You know, like, that that way that they talked into themselves. Mm-hmm, like, people do it mm-hmm. all the time of, like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not racist. I'm just I'm just scared that they're going to rob me. That's Some not racism. Some my best friends are black. And then also, a a neighbor or somebody in the town said that he saw a foreigner running from... Yes. You know? Always. Don't they always? Always uh... say it. And then I read that in the book... Because there's that scene where they're in the car. When Perry and Dick are in the car. And he's like, why did you choose me for this? And he was like, because like, it's true. Like, You've killed somebody before. And in the film he says, I killed a punk in Vegas. In the book, I and I didn't read the book, I just read on the internet what the book said that the book said that Perry killed a black person and referred to them using the N word and mm-hmm. that it was completely oh. different killing a, a white family than oh. yeah so I was, I thought that that was an interesting. Um, That makes that character, it's weird to say a man who killed people in cold blood more sympathetic, but that they just kind of like took, changed that part, so it was just like, yeah, I killed a punk in Vegas, rather than, yeah, I just killed a mm, mm, in Mm -hmm. Vegas, Mm -hmm. you know? So, that was was what I have for cast.
2: Well done. We are to nerd alerts. And I have you know, I, I never know if my nerd alerts are nerd alerts or if they're tasty titties. So I'm going to save mine for tasties. Okay. Tina, do you have any nerd alerts? I don't have any nerd alerts this time around. All
0: right. Well, the top films of 1967, number five was Valley of the Dolls. Yeah, which we've done. Number the four. Dolls Man, the Dolls. I need my dolls. Number four was The Dirty Dozen which we've done mm-hmm. number three was bonnie and clyde no we haven't done bonnie and clyde yet <laughs> <laughs> number two is guess who's coming to dinner yes we have number one was the graduate yes we have i just think it's, it's wild surprised you it? haven't done bonnie and clyde yet i know the Oscars Best Picture nominees were Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, The Graduate, mm-hmm. Dr. Dolittle. <laughs> it always makes me laugh. Bonnie and Clyde. And the winner was In the Heat of the Night. Oh, okay. So n- this came out in December 1967. What was going on in December 1967? Now, I'm going to put this up to you guys. Do you guys want to end? Do you want to start with something good, like fun? And like end on a woo, or do you want to end on something fun? I want to end on something fun. Sure. Okay. So in 1967, British Parliament decriminalizes
2: homosexuality.
3: That sounds fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but- not in time to save uh, what's his name Turing, Turing, who you know cracked the code and helped end World War Two, but okay.
0: And after, speaking of Britain, after 129 years as a strategic British colony, the People's Republic of South Yemen becomes independent from the United Kingdom. So, and everything was alright in Yemen after that.
2: Exactly. No problems I just, here.
0: I just thought it was wild that, and I'm sure that, you know, what's happening there It has nothing to do with the fact that they were at a colony of Britain for 129 years. Um, I had no idea that they were a colony of Britain for 129 years. Well, Yemen it. is the the edge of the Arabian Peninsula. So think of where Saudi Arabia is on a map, and that is where Yemen well, yeah, is. Yeah, I got it. I can I can visualize. Just real far from Britain, is all I'm saying. Um, William Harster Goes on trial in Munich for murdering eighty-two thousand eight hundred fifty-six Jews, including Anne Frank. He led the German secret, the German security police during the German occupation of the Netherlands, and he got my. You're breathing into the microphone.
2: <laughs> I want to know that he. I, I want to know that he was hung by his balls. That's what I want to know. No, he got fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Aww. You're
0: always so surprised whenever that comes up. That's why I keep it in cuz I might well if she's forgetting, others might too. It's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Vietnam. Guess what? It's not going well. There are huge protests. Muhammad Ali was stripped of his boxing title because he refused to go over there and fight on April 4th in 1967. Martin Luther King Jr. denounces the war in Vietnam during his sermon at the Riverside Church in New York City. And exactly one year later, spoiler alert,
2: he is gunned down. Because his, his security is pulled back.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, like, come on. We, we can't have nice things. Also, in 1967, you have the Summer of Love. June twelfth, loving versus Virginia. That that made you Yay! made made your, what you what you did illegal legal. What, you, attuned, you a you made legal
2: by Finally, finally I did something legal.
0: I'm not a crime because of that. Yay. That's right. And like we were talking about last week, so I'm sure that just the more than hundred and fifty race rebellions that were triggered by incidents of police brutality and harassment of people of color had nothing to do
2: with that. They're
0: completely separate.
2: No. Yeah, exactly. Also, 1967,
0: Thurgood Marshall was nominated as the first black justice of the United States Supreme Court. He was frequent he said frequently, quote, I was appointed to a life term and I intend to serve it. But at the age of eighty two in nineteen ninety one, he retired. And when asked why, he said, quote, what's wrong with me? I'm old. I'm getting old and coming apart. So, because he retired in 1991, George Bush the first, whom Thurgood Marshall loathed, according to Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. he appoints to take his place Clarence Thomas. Now... Uh Now remember how R G B, she didn't retire, yeah. she held on. Yeah. This is the, he, this is the opposite R G B because yeah. Thurgood Marshall he died on January twenty fourth nineteen ninety three. He died four days after Bill Clinton was sworn in as president. Mm. Didn't we almost have it all? Man, I was just like I just got a a chill just went down my spine. I was Mm. like, because I thought they're oh they're good. He died, but no, he retired.
2: Mm. And then
0: he died. And if he had just pulled the opposite of it's just you you basically Mm. you can't win, is is Mm. basically I guess. So there's something fun, more fun.
2: Oh, more fun than loving versus Virginia?
0: Yeah, remember I gave you guys that option and you said you wanted to end on a bit of a lighter note. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. September 3rd, 1967, the country of Sweden switched from driving on the left side to the right side. (laughs) I saw something on Facebook. There was a
2: picture of it.
0: Yeah, and so that got into, like, why... Well, why does the... Because the Britons drive on the left and we we're a you know, British colony and stuff. So how do we get to driving on the right? And actually, mo- only 35% of the world drives on the left side. So Britain drives on the left. And I think it has to do with, they're an older country, obviously. And that on the left, so they were on horses a lot. Most people are right-hand dominant. So passing people, you would shake hands. But I think it's more about jousting. And in the Middle Ages, remember, we did a knight's tale, And so if you're right-hand dominant, your joust is going to be in your right hand. And in the Middle Ages, the jousters were the rock stars of that era. And everybody... From the beginning of time, everybody just wants to be cool and you just copy who's cool. And so then when it keep, kept going and they're on horses and they get rid of the jousting, you had your weapons and stuff, your your swords and whatnot. So it kind of made sense that that would just continue. And in the U.S., the right side came about, according to the CNN article that I saw this week of Peter Valdez de Pina, he said it had to do with the... Constaga wagons. They're basically... Oh. Yeah, the 1700 version of U-Hauls. And that's what made right. the Western expansion. They're basically the covered wagons that people would right. go to mm. across the U.S. with the, all of their worldly possessions. So on those wagons, again, most people are right-hand dominant. So on the wagon controls, were all on the left side of the wagon. So when the uh. driver when the driver of the wagon needed more control, he would walk alongside the horses and pull levies levies and ropes. And those were on the left-hand side of the wagon, which made Mm. it closer to the right-hand side. And so then the driver is in the middle of the road and the wagon is to the right. And so that's why, that's how, you know, when the first highway, which was going from the outskirts of Pennsylvania to Philadelphia when that was first like developed way way a long time ago that's how they they did it because of the wagons being on the right and so it just kind of stayed and also i think it was also a little bit of an f u to britain you know you can not well,
3: yeah. Like, yeah. That it, was the first highway squiggly. was in Pennsylvania? I believe so. Wow.
0: Cuz cuz Philadelphia was Philadelphia was popping, you know, back in those times. And that was back in the time when western Philadelphia was the west. You know? <laughs> So I just thought that that was that was interesting. And the Sweden thing, you can look it up. They they had been wanting to do it because most of the cars are like the cars in the U.S. with the mm-hmm. driver sitting on on the what side do we left. say on? on the left side. And they but a lot of accidents would happen because they're driving on the opposite side but sitting yeah. on that side, so they're far away. So they were the Swedish people didn't want to do it, and then finally they were like, you know what, we're doing it, and they they just did it on the day, and so they had to switch yeah. everything, so I'm sure that was amusing.
2: So, there you have it. Nicely done. Wow. So, uh, we are to negative reheatables. Greasy hair. Man, Robert Blake had some greasy hair. You do. You have a thing for greasy hair. I do. Because my hair, if I don't wash it every day, it looks like that. So, it's it's mm-hmm. a real thing. Um, chewing aspirin I mean just chewing it Can you imagine I had a question I don't
0: know if you know the answer to this Mabo. What was in aspirin back in the day Was it different Because he was like addicted like He was like to addicted to
2: aspirin, aspirin. Maybe, maybe it did Maybe the pain reliever in it Was, uh, was better That's something to look into Because if he's chewing And it was Bayer aspirin uh, uh, okay. Uh, contaminating the crime scene? No rubber gloves, no footies. I mean,
0: yeah. But well, he did say, remember the guy was going to pick something up? He was like, don't touch that.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. Well I mean, done. Yeah. yeah, they seem to do a little bit of a better job than some things. 43 lousy dollars. Yeah. yeah. Mm, come the on. entire family slaughtered for 40 three dollars. I think one of those was the daughter's silver dollar. So, was that
0: like a whole dollar or like 50 cents? No, it was a whole dollar. Silver dollars. Oh, because I have the I have this. The 50 cent piece the mm-hmm. JFK on it. And it looked the right. same. So, in my mind, I was just like, oh, that's 50 cents. It's a little bit bigger than that. Oh, so we had a a dollar coin before the Sacagawea.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that didn't last long either, did it? It was back in the back in the day. And then um, I think the price of silver went up so that it would be actually worth more than a dollar. If it were solid silver. I was talking about like the Sacagawea that came out just in
0: time for people to go digital and just use your card for everything
2: yeah yeah exactly so thank you for giving us a Sacagawea but really who cares I I am done
3: (laughs) um where are we let's see I also have chewing pills I had a roommate in college. One of my roommates in college, she would always talk about eating pills. She'd be like, I'm going to eat, eat a Xanax. She just like, like, why was it, oh, like crush it up
2: and it gets in? I'm pretty sure in. she would just take it as normal. I don't know. Yeah, I have to, Um, I can do it without water, but I have to get a whole lot of saliva in my mouth. Oh no. Uh-uh. Well, some people are hardcore, you know? Yeah. Should we be worried? <laughs> no, I took a uh I took a pepsid the other day in uh in a store because I felt one of those uh heartburn attacks coming on. Oh. So yeah, you just like gather a lot of saliva, throw the pill in there and swallow. I've done that in desperate times. In okay. desperate, right. Immodium. Yeah. Um <laughs> well, that's desperate. Yeah. Oh, it's hard to get that wa- that enough fluid in your mouth to swallow it because it's all gone out already.
0: Mm-hmm. It's in your bowels.
2: Not and usually <laughs> I'm running, so it's even yeah. Oh.
3: Um anyway, speaking of bathrooms, um, calendar hanging in the bathroom. I don't remember who had that, but I've the my... the father
0: did. Was it okay. the outhouse? No, it was the father no, in, the, was in the bathroom. In the farmhouse. Clutter. Mr.
3: Oh, Clutter. interesting. I mean I guess like hey, that's the first place you go in the morning, so just start
2: thinking about your day. I don't know. I have never had a calendar in the bathroom. Me neither.
3: I haven't either. I'm not opposed to it, though. Gigantic steering wheels. (laughs) (laughs) Did I ever tell you one time my dad let me drive home? We used to have a 1966 Mustang and he let me drive it, and the steering wheel came off while <laughs> it.
2: I was driving it. In your hand? Yes. Wow. What did you do
0: besides scream?
3: I'm sure he figured it out, and he was in there with me.
0: Ah, did you like panic and
3: press the gas to go I'm faster? I'm
2: sure. Ah. Yikes.
3: Um, eating in the car, but not for. The reason you might think, I just don't like eating on the go. I don't like eating in the car. I don't like eating on the go. I like to sit and enjoy a meal. Like, I like to sit. I, I my it. favorite meal is Mo's Southwestern Grill. It's one of my favorites. And they've closed everyone in the city. Like, there's not, it doesn't exist. My ritual on my, if I had a weekday off, I would go get a burrito from Mo's because they have free chips and salsa bar
2: Ooh. Oh. yeah
3: so I get a burrito from Moe's and then I'll come home I would get it just in time to watch my soap opera
2: nice
3: and then I would make sure I could get everything I needed to do earlier in the day
2: mm-hmm.
3: and so like now there's a Moe's somewhere that I go for work but like I don't know I don't want to it's not the same. I don't want to sit and eat that like at work. Like, I, yeah. I want to sit and have my ritual and eat it. So, I don't, I don't like eating in the car. I don't like eating in the car for
0: a
2: different reason.
0: What are you laughing a, at, Mom? I'm
2: afraid to hear why.
0: Well, you know, one the mess, but really, it's the the hand sanitation.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Mm, you
0: know. Okay. I, you know, because you, then you're in the car. It's like, also, I'm not really in the car anymore, so. Well, that's true. That's true. It, it, it is. I think it's also how I was raised with um, keeping the car clean. That just so much can go wrong, and then you have crumbs in the car, and the car gets dirty, and then you're a disgrace upon the family. It's
2: just... Yeah, well, your your poppy was, I'm going to say overly protective of his car, so but that... He,
0: that taught me, at least, and I think my brother as well, but
2: take care of your things. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. But I don't even remember a place <laughs> where we could go and, you know, like it used to be Frisch's in my day. You'd pull up to the Frisch's takeout in the back and and the um, car hop. But, but, yeah, well, it's like their Sonic still exists. Yeah, there but are Sonic. We,
0: but we do eat in the car every year. Yeah. Like in the at the beach and stuff. And we did
3: eat in the car. I mean, if traveling. I like.
0: When yeah. we travel,
3: it- if we have to get like a sandwich or something, like to save time, I'm not gonna like be like, oh no, we need to eat inside. Mm-hmm. Right. But I also don't like eating like there. Like I don't want to eat. <sighs> I don't know. You I don't like to, like to be
0: rushed. In- you like to to it, you're communing. You're you're eating. You're fueling your body, and it is a sacred. Yeah, like life. I see no
3: point to it. If I'm gonna have to eat in the car, and like not like on a road trip, I have to eat then. But like. I don't know. i do not. Gonna, I don't like eating on the go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel you. I
0: mm-hmm. I don't. I I think I'm not gonna eat on the go as well. Yeah.
3: Hmm. Nice. Um. Yep. Checks. Just always a negative for Wait. And there's Chex? just so many ways that checks oh. could go wrong. That you could like scam people. Like it's incredible. Well, but in yeah. this
0: case, I guess the checks. Because I was thinking of it from the Clutter's point of view, that the the checks, like, well, good thing that he did use the checks. Because, you know what, either way, they were going to get killed. Right. Like, with them, you know? Because, okay, if he had had cash on hand for the farm, and there was a safe, they would give him the money, and you would have the safe. But at mm-hmm. least this way, because there were two, o- I don't know if they were older, there were two other daughters that right. were home. So, at least this way, and they got. I mean, this is, I know that this is wrong, but at least they got the double indemnity because he had just gotten the insurance policy and there was a double indemnity clause on it. So, it was for 40 grand and then it became 80 grand. And
2: great movie we already did. Mm
0: hmm. And because he was, he was using, it was almost like he was ahead of his time, even though checks now are outdated. But for then it seemed like a, that was like a really good, like it seemed like a smart move on his part.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I used to use checks in stores, go to a store and buy something. and write You don't wait. You used to, I don't anymore. I don't use checks at the grocery store. No, I don't. Oh, where do you use them? Uh, to pay bills here at home. Yeah, I just charge it all, and then I, on American Express, and then we get points to come and see you guys. Oh, nice.
3: Um, and then they, 120 dollars for the car. I got 140 dollars for my car in 2019. <laughs> and and it ran, like yeah, it
1: worked.
3: Didn't wait? Didn't
0: I get less than that for for my car? You might have. But... It was. Yeah, it it was something like, like I almost had to like pay money for them to take my car, and yeah. also, Genie, it ran. I mean, it needed a new catalytic converter and whatnot. But... Mine
1: didn't even.
0: The AC didn't work, but that was about it. Yeah. Okay. I think it's just part of the, it. It's how they get you. It's the um, it, yeah. It's
2: it's the it's the flame man. And those but... are my negatives. I have
0: um Perry's t- tattoos, they just had to be they seem so fake. Did you notice them, Teeny? On his I arms and stuff? Oh it, I have that as my positive. Oh, I I like that he had tattoos. I'm just saying like the way that fake tattoos have come along. They see they seem wildly uh, unrealistic. Too. Oh yeah. Um Mary to that. Ooh, okay. I know that this it, this is very hypocritical of me to um, clutch the Pearl Bailey's over. Oh, Lord. What
3: are you going to cancel again? Get us canceled for this time. You know what? If we get canceled because I said that sometimes
0: <laughs> to fight bigotry, we need to put hands on people, and so be it. We're getting canceled. By any
2: means necessary. Exactly.
0: Um, but this, man, the cav roping... When the put the she roped the calf and how he just like snapped back, I was just like, Oh my gosh! and I know because it's a calf, and it's like, Well, you eat beef, not only do I eat beef, I eat veal, so I that's why I I'm do. saying this thing, yeah, me.
3: I know I didn't like that either, but I didn't, I
2: just didn't like it, just the way that it just jerked that for calf. sport, it and it's for sport, not I, for. Because everybody's hungry and let's eat this calf to feed everybody, you know. Yeah,
0: I'm. I mean, I acknowledge it, and I don't know, like different, like maybe it needs. So you need to practice because you need to be able to do that. Because how do you think that you get your veal and your no, feet it was and a stuff, sport. But it
2: was a sport.
0: It was that was rough. Okay, I have a question. What they made it to Mexico? Why did Why they did come they back? back? Why did they come it- back?
2: Dick. Dick was a dick. He was a double... He was Hick-Hock. Hick-Hock. Hick-Hick-Hock. Yeah, that was... There was no reason for them to go back. They were not going to find the Cortez... They could have been featured present. on
3: that I almost got away with it show. Yeah. Well, they weren't going back... Like
0: to find the treasure they had to go to Mexico. So they were already in Mexico. They went it seemed like from what I read that they went back to make money in Vegas. Right. But
3: um then yeah. I get then I understand. You
0: see that in but it doesn't make <laughs> sense. You guys killed a well-liked white family in Kansas. Right. They are not going to stop looking for you. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Um, and then just that, like, it's just a battery heatable. Cause this goes into like what we were saying about cash them, especially who's the dick. Didn't he, he lived in, well, actually both of them. They should have had, I believe a working knowledge of how working farms work. You would, because, think, right. Yeah. I mean, while they, they said, one of them it, grew up on a farm. Yeah. So they said like, even though the house that, they um, that the Clutters lived in was magnificent. Some of the houses in Holcomb didn't even have running water at this point. Right,
2: most but, didn't have running yeah, water. Yeah, it was
0: a it was a nice house, but that they it was a working farm. So the money that they made they weren't cash rich. The money that they right. made went back it was into right back
2: into it.
0: Yeah, and so unlike a lot of he was um, an anomaly in that he used checks for his purposes. For you know, working purposes, so he didn't have a lot of cash on hand. But that was just, but that was they, you know, they they were grip like. Well, Dick was a grifter, so he just uh-huh. wanted to make a quick buck, and he just heard this thing, and it like saw the house, and was like, yeah, that makes sense. They gotta have money, and it's like, no, nah, y'all dumb. Mm-hmm. So those were my negative
2: reheatables. Uh, dumb people. Uh, a negative reheatable. Okay, Positive Reheatables, the music. he uh, Quincy Jones had just done In the Heat of the Night, and mm-hmm. so it's reminiscent of that music, the music he did for this. Transistor radios. Wow, those were so cool. And we even had earphones that we could plug into them so that when we were traveling in a car with no air conditioning and the, and the windows rolled down, You could put in your earphones and you could hear static from all over because it was really hard to find out.
3: And back then you had earphones?
2: There were earphones. Wow. So that everybody didn't have to listen to the same static.
0: So did you have three transistor radios? I don't.
2: I'm sure my brother had one. I don't know about Babs. But I remember traveling to Michigan to visit Howard. And I had just gotten a transistor radio and that was a big deal that came in a little leather case. Oh. And it was like the size of a, a little bit bigger than a, 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 a Walkman c- cigarettes, you know, a package of cigarettes. So, um, oh. yeah, it was nice. My mom um, still
3: has hers.
2: I don't My mom know. still
3: has, I believe, I think you would consider it a transistor radio And it's green. It's like that green color from that, you know, that cute green color. Avocado
2: green. It's beautiful,
3: yeah. And whenever the power would go, I mean, now you don't need it. But I was a kid, whenever the power would go out, we would listen to the transistor.
2: Exactly. exactly.
0: Everybody's supposed to have a, I don't, I have a radio. I don't know if it's a transistor radio, but it's a like, oh, shit.
2: It's all shit hit the wall radio. radio.
0: Right. Yeah. It's also a hand crank.
2: you can hear Orson Welles tell you that the aliens. Balloons. So I
0: can hear, like, uh, all right, how far, like, should I crack open one of these bottles of Hendrix or both of <laughs> these bottles? <thing>? One in <laughs> each hand. <laughs> what,
1: one the in situation? each end,
2: <laughs> And my last one is, I really liked the cut um, of the night before the murder to the morning after the murder. I liked oh. it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want
3: to see the the
2: murder. Oh. Yeah. I have um, Oh, sorry.
0: That's right. Oh my gosh, I pulled a ma. <gasps> Apologies. Apologies,
3: Tini.
1: Apologies.
3: Wow. I have life before the internet. I don't know why I yeah. wrote that down. Wow. Don't it's know why so I wrote like- that down, but it was just like the transistor radio like you didn't know things right you just had to figure things out mm-hmm. we were all a lot smarter i can say we because i was alive before the internet was things starting. were just things were so much different
0: but it's also the 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 trade-offs the gains in trade-offs yes, and it stuff. Is. yeah because in men it's so sure. many ways like it's like, oh how it's do I do it's improved life in
3: a lot of ways
0: yeah but it's also been such a yeah. detriment
3: exactly i can't go on a fucking run before i go to dressmyrun.com and it tells me what i need to wear oh that was that's a thing oh yeah you should get it well it's not you don't have to get it it's dressmyrun.com because and it'll tell you based on the weather where you are and the time what you should wear to make your run the most comfortable nice it's very nice this time of year. Like once it gets, to, you know, sometimes yeah, right. it's like oh, it's fucking hot or it's freezing. But right now, it's like I don't know. I you don't know
0: for a fact that I wear, but I. But it works for me. I wear. You would laugh at what I wear in fifty degree weather to go for a run, teeny. You would I'm be sure like, you're way ever dressed. Yeah, exactly. That's,
3: That's why I really- like it because it makes me like. It it's like right for it like takes into consideration like when you get start running. Like it's not going to be like when you walk out. Well,
2: exactly.
3: Also with me though
0: because I I have to also incorporate I run first and then I have to incorporate a mile of walking because I don't walk around like That's oh, yeah. that's I have to practice. In. Yeah. Well, running and walking take two different muscles mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's a different thing. So because I if I were just run I wouldn't have I would be neglecting all of my walking because I don't do a lot of walking yeah. so I have to run and then my, my second part of my workout is the walk so that's why I layer up because then I get, I'll get you cold you can unlayer right well no okay. it's like the opposite it like keeps me warm on my walk oh okay I was just, I, I'm hot I for my not. walk but okay yeah boy. also uh. you Burns super hot and I'm a
3: a little cold box. I know. How did we... How did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) And then another two weeks in a row with another beautiful German shepherd.
2: Yes. Who
3: might I add? Dog getting away was also a positive.
2: Yes. Mm.
3: American traditional tattoos. I had that as my positive. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I liked his tiger tattoo. Um, early Vegas. Oh uh. man, those Vegas shots were good. Did you see
0: the Cheetah Rivera? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was on the sign. But then, I mean, excuse me, but Cheetah Rivera was not big in
3: 1959 when this movie took place. Mm-hmm. Right. Nerd alert. They, but the Golden Gate was there, and that's the hotel that we were staying at when we got engaged. Ooh, nice. Still there? Nice. I wrote down big bird. Big yellow bird. Yeah. Do you remember I don't what really know? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, he was describing big bird.
0: Wait, he was describing like a big yellow bird coming and saving him. Oh, yeah. yes,
3: yes, yes, yes.
0: And then TV pictured big bird.
3: And then I wrote, <laughs> then, I wrote... <laughs> then I wrote Then I wrote Las Vegas again. Oh <laughs> no! Las Vegas courthouse because they were at the Las Vegas courthouse, which is now the mob museum.
1: Yes. Oh. Yeah.
3: Um. And those are my positives. <laughs> that's a that's a great museum. Also, it's
0: because usually by this time, Teeny's been to Vegas, so I I could
3: We were supposed to be last weekend. Aww.
0: i have death row isn't a high income neighborhood now is it because there was the quote i have it in my quotables where he said there's two kinds of law honey one for the rich and one for the poor
1: Mm.
0: And so that made me wonder, like, well, who was the richest person to ever get executed? And I didn't really find out that information, but I have the, um, like, Leopold and Loeb, they were very rich, they committed murder, and they didn't get the death penalty. T. Collins Davis and John Hunt, also very wealthy. None of them got the death penalty. So it seems, and the article that I was reading was from 1994, so it was very outdated. But up until that point, people were like, yeah, everyone on death row um, is poor. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, there was that. I have the whole mention of the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Yes. And now, People thought that that was written into the script. It was not. Per Truman Capote,
2: it was actually Perry Smith's favorite film.
0: Mm. That's kind of weird. True.
2: Now, remember that Truman Capote did take um, artistic license with writing the book. Just saying. True. True. But if part of it
0: was, if part of their, like, did he make up the whole thing about them wanting to go on the treasure hunt? No, I don't think so. I don't No, and, uh, I don't know. It kind of. Right. Mm, right. I, I could, I could kind of believe that, but I'll, I'll, I will allow his, uh, you know, his flights it's of Eccentricities, Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I have like what you were saying, Ma, I thought that the editing, especially the transitions throughout Mm -hmm. the film were fantastic. Mm -hmm. I know at one point there was something where somebody was talking on the phone and then it was like, I think it cut to the clutters talking on the phone. I think there was something, I remember something maybe being thrown and then it would cut cut back to all of the different, the three different storylines going on. Right. Of it with the clutters, with the killers, and with the investigators and stuff. I I just thought that the editing was fantastic. So those were mine.
2: Okay, I uh, so we are to quote. Uh, peppermints before breakfast might stunt your growth. We heard everything stunted your growth back in the day. I mean, oh. gonna, yeah. yeah, you couldn't do anything. Uh, uh, <clears throat> that was the parents saying. I know you're smoking down here, and mm-hmm. I don't like it. So
0: yeah, how does he think that he's getting away with that? Like smoke is just one of those things where like somebody would be around the corner, and I have like my window cracked, and I'm like, who's smoking? <laughs> where uh-huh. are
2: they? Well, yeah, but back then, um, there was smoking everywhere, so. Like, I don't know if our uh, nose was attuned to it, as Mm -hmm. it is now, because there actually is fresh air once in a while, because there was always somebody smoking, or always somebody who had just been smoking. Um, So I think that might be part of my nasal issues. Yeah. We're not going to go into that. Don't people around here lock their doors? They will tonight. They will tonight. I can't believe people didn't lock their doors, but they didn't. I don't know. Like that. Just... I can. Oh, yeah. I would have been me.
0: <laughs> Not me. Also, the
3: hitchhiking.
0: Like how like no. That wouldn't like, have hit, yeah, I know how hitchhiking I, is crazy. Yeah, like you did. That was one like of course you told us never to hitchhike, but I remember as a little kid like being like, "Yeah, you don't need to tell
2: me this." Right.
0: <laughs> like got it.
2: <laughs> I saw something on some social media that was the first child and the and the father's walking with the the hand of the first child and everything is perfect because the first child follows follows direction and does what you tell the first child to do. And the second one comes in there like Jim Jim Carrey, you know, being <laughs> just crazy. <laughs> and then you get the second one who doesn't listen to anything. Uh, that, okay. Uh, my next quotable, I thought so right up until the time I cut his throat. Mm.
0: Yeah. Jeez, I thought Mr. Clutter was a nice gentleman. Thought so Right, right about, up uh, until the time I cut his throat yeah So those were
2: mine.
0: And also, Ma, what do I have? What can't nobody do? Touch my neck. Mm-hmm. Oh. See? Mm. I do not like that. Anytime in a movie or something, somebody has a blade up to a neck. Oh, I get so, oh, my
3: gosh. Oh, I don't like it at all. Mm. I have M for money, honey.
2: Mm. Always looking for that easy money. If they put into getting a regular job, the effort that they put into yeah, the,
3: isn't that uh, I think yeah. that often about people who steal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I was, um, oh, go ahead, go on. Well, it just made me think about them. The, they were like they were poor, and we always talk about caste but the interesting intersectionality between class and cast
2: mm-hmm. and how
0: I think a lot of this movie had to deal... It had to deal with cast, definitely. I think the book does more so than the film, but also class. And just... Because we were like, oh, they're so dumb and they're idiots, but, you know, they, their class let them... So maybe they didn't have access to an education. You know, maybe they had to support the family so they couldn't continue their schooling. And because of that, maybe there was... Well,
3: but the one guy, one of them... No, one of them grew up on a farm and was in school and was likable, but he didn't get into college, and that's... I can't remember who it was, just in real it, life. It had to be Dick then, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. think so. But he did, like, fine in school, but he just, like, didn't get into college, and that's why he turned to a life of crime.
0: Well, and also, the first time that we see Dick, his father is ill, and he's been in the bathroom in the outhouse. The outhouse right? Like, his mm-hmm. bathroom isn't connected yeah. to to you know to the house. Yeah. So there there's yeah. just that. And you're you know, it's in the fifties and you're seeing people who you know, this is when bus boycotts are happening. So you're seeing that in the newspapers and the news of black people being like, Hey, what's going on here? I'm a I'm a member of this society. I need to be treated like um like a United States citizen and have certain rights. You know, you have like Brown versus the Board of Education and all that, and then you have these two guys who're probably like, "Hey, why are they why are they getting ahead?"
2: Right. You know? Right. My dad worked his whole life and he still doesn't have indoor plumbing. Mm-hmm. And just, just. I mean, it's just then it really
0: it's all about the stories we tell ourselves, and mm-hmm. they probably fall into this story of no, I I deserve I deserve to be. Check writing and do, and they and he had like a pretty good scam going with the the check cashing and he all did. that.
2: He had all the charisma that he needed. Mm-hmm. Uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Yeah. Um,
0: but also it gets into the thing that they sell us, the materialism and all of that. So that yeah. this guy, he could have gone, but he wouldn't have been satisfied because he's looking at what other other people have and he yeah, can't afford exactly. to buy that. Sometimes I wonder about that with in 2024 and I there's definitely an affordability issue and crisis, but then you think of how much of it is stuff that people are looking at, like I need to be able to buy that. And that kind of... Materialism thing, right? Which, but I don't want to give like give take anybody off the hook for anything. I'm just saying like more than one thing can be
3: at play. Um, I don't remember who said this, but somebody said I've got a furious day ahead. Oh, and I just like that. I got to remember that one. Teen, that's a teenyism. Yeah. Um. We already said this one. There's two kind of laws, honey. One for the rich and one for the poor. Mm-hmm. And then I just like this one. Anyways, that's why I have an aversion to nuns and God and religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways. Anyways. Anywho. Y'all
2: took all of mine. And you know what? Robert Blake was really good in that role. Was he perhaps too good? Uh, uh, very possibly. Okay, so uh, LVP. My LVP is murder. Mm, oh. Red rum. 187. Mm. Oh, my dad used to chase me around
3: screaming red rum" after I saw The Shining for the first time. <laughs> still him. scares me.
2: I bet he did. I bet he did.
3: My LVP... This may be controversial. <gasps> I, I was really looking forward to this movie. Oh. And I just felt like it didn't live up to what I wanted it to. And oh. maybe it's a situation of like the book is better than the movie. So I want to read the book. I was kind of bored.
2: I'm not going to lie. I understand that. I, you know, because... Uh... One of my positives was the cut from the night before to the morning after. But, uh, uh, you know, people who want bloodlust. Well, you know me.
3: Yeah, I was just little bored. But I think oftentimes the book is better than the movie. So I want to read the book. Yes. I think.
0: Well, Truman Capote wrote it, and so you're going to have all of his flourishes. So I get oh my that. God.
3: I went down a re- freaking rabbit hole. This girl, like, because people love this book and movie. Like, people are like, yeah, it's like taught yeah, in mm-hmm. school. And this girl had, like, her annotated version that she had from high school. And the amount of notes she had just from the first sentence, I mean, I don't think like that. I don't either. Yeah. But he's like, oh, it says, he uses the word village, which means that it, you know, this is a place where people are like family and they're friendly and there's not a lot of crime and it, then the word out there. So it, there's not a lot of, you know, I was like, oh God, okay. But I do want to read the book. There was
0: an essay I didn't read it. I was like, Teeny could have read read this, but it was this whole because there's so many essays on the book, and it was one about how it's a southern like using the southern gothic motifs because Truman Capote was from the south, and like I was like, I can't read this, but I I see both sides. I just laugh because on Criterion I read an article in Cold Blood colon structuring the real and how this the author of that was, like, this is all the reasons why the movie is better than the book.
2: Really? Yeah. interesting. So, I just think...
3: It is very, and, like,
0: I was was reading through it, and I was like, oh, interesting, interesting. But then I also understand, like, with the book, because it would be, it's, you know, Truman Capote, and it's the the... How he uses literature and language and all of those things, and he's a great writer
3: and, and all of that, so I, that's why it's like, oh, very interesting.
2: I'm mm-hmm. back into
3: reading now, so I got back in this week alone.
2: Nice.
3: I had a day I this week where I was,
2: like, that.
3: yeah, and I, for some reason, I don't like to read in the winter. I don't like to read when I'm depressed, and I feel like I'm always a little bit mm-hmm. seasonally depressed in the winter. Mm-hmm. Well, always a little bit, but even more so in the winter. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I and like, I was I got indignant on a work call. They were like, "Oh, it's raining." I love the rain, and I was like, I, I, "This is I yeah. do not live here for this."
3: <laughs> so, but then ask. this week I had now I'm like commuting longer, and like I had a day this week where I was like waiting on the train for thirty minutes because I missed it, and then something else happened, and I was I got home, and it was freezing and windy and i was like i'm not running and i missed my gym class so i was on the couch just on my phone and i was like i have got to put my fucking phone down like i've been Mm -hmm. on my phone for hours doing what and i put it in the other room and got my book and i and then i got back into my book so here we are now in cold blood that's how i got back
0: into reading because i like during my breaks at work i would look at I would go on the news app and look mm-hmm. at news and scroll cuz that's my version of social media
2: cuz she doesn't then, do social media yeah, which but, is a gift
0: really but then i was like oh remember you read uh all of the count of monte cristo yeah. Uh, like, yeah so then i i had the viola davis book sitting on the table for like over a year and i was like you know what i'm going to go back to to on my breaks,
3: reading. And so that's what, yeah. I, what I've done. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I might have been on, I mean, some on social media, but like TikTok really is a hell of a time suck. Mm-hmm. But then like, uh, Candy Crush and the freaking crossword puzzle. Like it's just it. Oh, nice.
2: Yeah. We only do crossword puzzles when Teenie's with us. Uh-huh. Because oh.
3: honestly, I go through my gamma of New York Times, I do the Crossword puzzle and Wordle and connections and spelling bee. And it just. I
2: do Wordle every day.
3: <laughs> I, I-
2: it, Larry David was very funny with mm-hmm. the Wordle. Rest in peace, Richard Lewis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last one, uh, the last Curb Your Enthusiasm I saw, I went, ooh.
0: I, I think everybody did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But he well- was still there.
0: Um I have for my LVP. I have Robert Blake. I think that it's weird that he plays a murderer and then his wife is killed and uh-huh,
2: is a mur- Yeah, I mean, no. That w- was accused of being a murderer. He, he was, was acquitted.
0: acquitted of murdering his wife, but by the accounts that I've come across, um the man was out here looking for people to take out his wife. So I yeah. I just I guess he like came up with a game plan at least of
2: you yeah, know that was he, big.
0: He didn't wear any cat paw. Didn't leave any footprints in blood anywhere.
2: Maybe I don't know. You know what? I ha- I I want to say, and this is a a digression, but uh, you watch the Datelines. You watch the twenty twenties. You watch the first whatever's they're telling you how not to get caught. I know. You know? It's like. No, okay, well, so, for somebody
0: wait. who is like narcissistic enough to think that they won't get that, that every you, but that's what I always like the, in the stories and all of that. They're like, okay, if you do this and you do this, but there's always that, whew, that, that, that nice roll yeah. of just the weird things that happen that you can't, put into yeah. account and I knew I wasn't cut out for it when I had to read crime and punishment in school and my man raskolnikov was just he, he just got sickly with the the guilt and I was like you know what that would be me who are we even kidding it's true now I've had dreams where I've accidentally someone's accidentally died and I'm so guilt-ridden over it that it I'm like and it was and I I didn't even do it but I would yeah <laughs> oh, wild i would be having wild dreams
2: Okay, we are to MVPs. And so who, who was the screenwriter on this? Put your drink down and answer me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Richard, I hate bigotry Brooks.
2: But I feel like maybe he used some of the phrasing of uh, Truman Capote because I put down the writing. Oh, he used so, a lot of it. Yeah, because I felt like there were some phrases that were just so good. I think
0: a lot of the
2: dialogue was yeah, lifted from what, the
0: book. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: that's what I was thinking. Um, I had, well,
3: I put Conrad Hall. So I did think it looked nice. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah. And doing mm-hmm. it in black and white was good. Really yeah. good. Mm-hmm.
3: But my real MVP is the cult following that this whole story has. Mm-hmm. I appreciate mm. that. Yeah. Even though I'm not one of them yet, I you like might it. be. Maybe after um, I read the book, I will be.
0: Yeah. My MVP teeny is Conrad Hall. Okay. Yeah. I mean he this, it. this. thing looked Chef's kiss, man. You fake the very fr- at the beginning when he's on the bus. And it's just all dark and he just lights the match and he I was just like, "Oh my gosh." As mm-hmm. as I've heard said, I believe Conrad Hall put his foot in it. Oh. I I think so. As far as directing a photography, whoo wee. That man. There's a famous scene. It's at the end when um Perry, the Robert Blake character is talking about his father and he is that's raining and the rain goes down and in it's a famous rain scene and that happened because in rehearsals Conrad Hall noticed the rain sliding down the window and casting a shadow on Blake's face and he called it a purely visual accident and it is so cool like that is because it did look like he was crying it did but it also looked it also looked like weirdly um abstract and yet artistic, like it's something that you would see in, in maybe like an, like, I don't know, like maybe an anime or a kind of experimental more film or even like mm-hmm. like a CGI kind of thing that that they would try to replicate that. And when he noticed it, Mr. like, you know, Robert Brooks was like, hey, keep it to yourself. This is my film conrad was like hey check this out and they re-blocked the whole thing so that he's giving that whole monologue in front of that and it's just so cool because it does look like he's crying but it's also like weird and i just i loved it i thought this thing looked i was riveted because of how beautiful this Mm -hmm. was if you hit pause at any time you would just be like oh my gosh look at that wow this thing looks—it's so beautiful, but it's also really eerie, and 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 that was, you know, part of it. We'll get into it, tasty titties. But I was just like, bravo, Conrad. This is why, this is why my man is the man.
2: I did not do a recasting. Well, in 1996, there was a miniseries, and it
0: had Anthony Edwards as Hitchcock. And Eric Whoa. Roberts Eric Roberts as oh, Perry
2: Oh, okay. okay
0: And Sam Neill as Alvin Dewey So we, we kind of already recast it But
2: okay, yeah. whatever mm. Okay So we're to Tasties So the Jensen and the narrator Were based on Truman His voice But in the novel He didn't put his voice in the novel at all Mmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the reporter,
0: that's Jensen, right? Mm-hmm. He, he was, um, he was made up. He's not in the book. The reporter right. isn't in the book. Right. Yeah. Right. And the narrator isn't either. Uh, the narrator is the reporter.
2: Okay. Uh, Truman was, uh, very fond of Perry. Like uh, mm. Truman, um, he, it was his, he was his type. Truman had a type. He did. And, and he also didn't do well with interpersonal relationships. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you watch what I'm, what I'm picking up from feud Truman versus the Swans. um, His mother did a job on him and, but he really was very fond of Perry and uh, evidently changed some things, some things that happened two Perry's uh, opposite of detriment to make him to make look him more a little sympathetic? better. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Um, the two pairs of eyes on the movie yeah. poster are the real eyes of oh. the real Perry and the real Dick. It's not mm-hmm. the, oh, wow. it's That's not the creepy. character. Yes. Six of the real jurors are used in this film.
0: Oh wow, they did a lot of um like realism in this. Yeah.
2: A lot. Yeah. Cuz a lot of times jurors want to stay anonymous, but they were like, "Okay, put me in the movie." Um Truman Capote earned 30% of the film's gross, which was about 25 million in maybe 2021.
0: I looked it up in 2024, that comes out to be about thirty-four million.
2: So he was set yeah. for life, truth be told. After this, so then he went on to he tried to write a book about the swans. He never got it finished because he it it appears from what we're seeing from the miniseries that he felt bad that he exposed them for. The narcissistic well, he captain. was their he was their friend, and they
0: they so he came into that circle, and then he's hearing all the things that they say behind closed doors, and then he takes that and he's gonna and then he writes about it, and so he really did care about
2: them. He really did care about them, but he also, uh, it appears from what I'm seeing from the series that. He also had, like, a, how dare you, you are so rich, you know, because he came from the South, and... Yeah, he came from the the woman that, they don't really get into that, though, so far, the the
0: character that Demi Moore plays, she yes, had yes. a whole scandal where she shot her husband, but she said that she they she did it recently it on intruder yeah they did it recently on my favorite murder a couple weeks ago and she thought it was an intruder but there was always a kind of like you know because it's always like the spouse that did it and and her that woman she wasn't like the other swans she was more like Truman Capote who came oh, right you know the the whole class thing came from beneath them. And it's like, Oh, now you think that you're one of us, but you're not one of us. You're right. like, you know, that kind of thing. And so it was a thing like he went hard after her because I think it was probably that weird self-loathing thing of uh-huh. like, Oh, he despised in her what he despised in himself kind uh-huh. of thing.
1: Hmm.
0: So, and then there's also the thing with, um, Harper Lee, who went yes. to like during when he when um, Truman went to Kansas, Harper Lee was his research assistant. And in between the time when Truman is working on this and the book comes out, Harper Lee writes, publishes, and wins the Pulitzer Prize for *To Kill a Mockingbird*.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So, and so he had some jealousy going mm-hmm. on
0: there. Big time because he always thought that he that she was in, an inferior writer to right. him. Right. Well, he
2: thought everybody was inferior to him. Right. Um, Columbia wanted Paul Newman and Steve McQueen to play the. Oh artists. yeah. But you can't have Paul Newman be this killer. Everybody loves Paul Newman. You're gonna like him. So yeah. And that's what
0: Richard Brooks said.
2: He was like, no, we got to go with unknown people. Exactly. Uh, Truman Capote got $400,000 for the film rights. So he was sitting pretty after this book came out and he got the film rights. and, um, And so he could drink the rest of his life away, which is what it appears he did as well. Those are my tasties. I don't have any tasties. Okay. Well, I
0: have that. It's notable for its cinematography that looks and feels like a documentary. Yes. That, it felt
2: very documentary ish.
0: And it uses a lot of location shots, which was very rare at the time. Um, I have that. This Kansas, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. I think that there is a prettiness, but. It's in its flatness that it is so, just its vastness. There was a a prettiness to it, okay. You know, of just the the land. I liked. I liked. It's not where I would want to settle, but I. And it was the longest year of my life. Year of
2: our life. But <laughs> nice, I Wasn't it? It was.
0: But I liked the experience of it. It's. Like experiencing just that vastness, experience the terror of the gray
2: skies and
0: tornadoes. Yes, so and
2: scary. And the there were two prison breaks our year. Yes, one from the big house and one from the um, the army, the military, the military. Yeah. yeah, the military prisoner guy
0: made a ladder in shop class and just jumped and. Uh, and you over the, to ladder. Out the window yeah the what? the big house from the federal pen he merely
2: walked out the front door <laughs> and walked to daylight donuts right across the street because he and then paid for plastic surgery to look like i'm uh, if i'm re- remembering this right to look like robert de Niro well he got a lot <laughs> of change coming who was the, one of them was caught in so yeah, when the city, had,
0: in the fountains.
2: In the fountains, Giddy, collecting Giddy.
0: all the ah. killings. Mm-hmm. I
2: think that was the Robert De Niro one.
0: Because that was, t- like, that's scary when you look up into that vast Kansas night and you see the searchlights. I remember we came back from somewhere at night and the searchlights were going out. And it's like, what's going on? And then you hear that there had been a prison break. And then, of course, my dad, Mr. Downplay it all, he's like, because... If you wanted to leave base, every car got stopped. Trunks, we everything. Had, we would get stopped. That they check the trunk. They check the undercarriage. Yeah, yeah. That's what, it was like all scary. And my dad's like, the last thing, like, you go to sleep. No one's gonna hurt you. The they don't. The last thing they're gonna get as far away from here as possible.
2: Okay? That's what they always said. Everybody, everyone was all like, the people told this is the that. safest place to be. Right. <laughs>
0: they they want to leave. And it's like that's true. Also, it's an army base, so probably a lot of people around us are packing in their homes. That's
1: true.
0: Um I have that Robert Blake was the first American actor in an American mainstream film to utter <gasps> bullshit. Oh, Ooh,
2: really? 67. Wow. Mm-hmm. I have
0: also that Lee Marvin you know dirty dozen he wanted the role of Alvin Dewey the John Forsythe character you know the investigator oh yeah well Robert what was his name Richard Brooks
1: Richard, Just,
0: uh, Brooks dude yeah Brooks Richard dude. Brooks Richard Brooks had worked with Lee Marvin on the professionals and oh, Lee Alvin. Marvin was a bit yeah. of a, a bit of a handful so he was like mm-hmm. nah we're good. <laughs> Um, Danny DeVito wanted the role of Perry.
2: Cause Perry was short statured because mm-hmm. he, he got his legs fucked up in a motorcycle accident, I think. Yeah. So Richard
0: Brooks was actually handpicked by Truman Capote to adapt his well, what Truman Capote called his nonfiction novel because he liked he, he was gonna keep the structure of the mm-hmm. the the three different stories and that kind of thing. And he was also friendly with Truman Capote. like they they um they knew of each other and stuff. So he trusted him. and but there were some things that he so th- this is what Richard Brooks did to make his film his own. Um, he, like we said, he used unknown actors. He used real locations, including the house. The clutter. Oh, yeah, house. that's the real. real house. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like everything. The store, the hardware store is real. The bus mm-hmm. station's real. Everything is real. The only thing that wasn't real was the Kansas State Penitentiary. They wouldn't oh. allow them shooting there, so that was shot in Colorado. And the gallows, that was a Hollywood set. Oh, okay. But Everything else was completely real, um, even wow. the the or uh, the cashier at the, you know, the real, like yeah, s- yeah. So many things were real. Um, the even though they it wasn't there, they got the latrines from their stalls, from their like prison stalls. Like those are, uh, according to Wikipedia, those are real. Yeah. Um. Let's see, we have, it was also shot in black and white to make it more frightening. The studio yeah. wanted it in color, but he was like, if it's in color, it's going to romanticize them. Yeah. And he's like, no, we want this in black and white. That was a good choice.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought so too.
0: He, Richard Brooks in real life used to be a reporter. So he actually went and did and used his reporter background to do a little bit more research on mm. it he added the role of the reporter we said and then um truman capote disagreed and kind of divisively said that it was a, to a greek chorus and stuff
2: mm-hmm. and truman
0: said that it didn't make much sense but i liked having the reporter in i it. did too um and then there are the two clutter daughters that we had mentioned earlier they weren't right. present for the attack and um brooks just omitted them entirely cuz of course they didn't I mean, this movie came out in like '67, so it hadn't even like 50, it hadn't even been ten years since yeah,
2: this horrible
0: years. tragedy yeah. and stuff, and so they were just, as you can imagine, traumatized by the all of it—the murder, the book, the movie. So he was Richard Brooks was like, I don't, I'm not gonna have them in it at all. Um, it was nominated for four Academy Awards: Best Director, Best Original Score. Best cinematography? I had to look up. I was like, who won? Who beat Conrad Hall for Best Cinematography? Brunette
2: Guffey for Bonnie and Clyde. Oh. Oh, another dark. Also black and white if I recall.
1: Teeny's
0: nope. gonna
2: make fun of me.
0: She's so gonna be like, wrong. But it's in color.
2: Is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Um and Best Adapted Screenplay. He's double-checking just to make sure she's checking your work. That's fine. I could be wrong. I, I think it's sh- in black and white. Bonnie and Clyde? I, I'm pretty sure I remember Wait, but then there's color. Or in color. In
3: color. So but there's have- pictures in black and white. Is that the original Bonnie and Clyde? It's the one with Faye Dunaway and oh, Warren like- Beatty. These are the real Bonnie. I'm looking at pictures of the real Bonnie and Clyde. They, that would Those be in black and white. Pictures are in black and white, but the movie was in color. Yeah.
2: Okay. It seemed it, very black and white. Wrong. To
3: me. Did you did you check it?
2: Hmm. Was that it's an audio medium, Ma? We need to. I uh, well, Timmy said it was, so I just went with that. <laughs> well, I didn't really check it. Katie
3: originally wanted the film to be shot in black and white, but Warner Brothers rejected the idea. It should have been in black and white. We all would agree, though. I've never seen it, but I'll just go ahead and say that. So Quincy Jones and
0: Richard Brooks visited the Kansas penitentiary where they were held, Mm. and that's where Quincy Jones was inspired to use two acoustic basses to represent the two killers' demented minds. And Quincy Jones wrote new music to the dailies. And dailies are, after the day of shooting, they rush print to see, you know, to make sure that there wasn't any hair in the camera and negate mm. and all that kind of thing. So Quincy Jones would look at the dailies and he would compose new music to that. So he was writing oh. the music as the film was going. The scene where they were collecting the bottles... On mm-hmm. the side of the road. Oh yeah. And here's a nerd alert in the Tasty Daddies. So a tab carton falls out. The film takes place in 1959. Tab came on the market tab in 62. Uh-huh. 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 And then there were so there was supposed to be 10 grand in the safe, right? Yes. That was the whole thing. Yeah. So ten grand in nineteen fifty nine. Does anybody have any guesses in twenty twenty four? I didn't do Sixty
3: four grand.
0: a little over a hundred and three thousand dollars. Oh wow. my God, I hate this
2: world. So that was that but was it, a lot. But it it kind money. of
0: make yeah it kind of makes sense at least because when you hear like oh it was ten k and okay yeah. like.
2: All right, but that was a yeah, hundred thousand dollars.
3: Like yeah, oh, at this, like, this day and age, you would steal. Like you would want to go for a hundred grand. You're not gonna rob. Exactly.
2: Them. You're not yeah. gonna put your life at risk for anything under. <laughs> yeah, so I have privileged. my standards. We're so privileged yeah.
0: to be in, in that. Ten k? Mm, I'm not getting out of bed for that. Mm. No, I'm not. But yeah, so. Those are my tasty titties. I really enjoyed it. I was struck by how, I think how well it hold, held up. I think maybe that's part of the it being in black and white. And mm-hmm. I thought that, man, especially, um, what's his Scott Wilson was really good. Mm-hmm.
1: And I agree. For like
0: a 1967 film, mm-hmm. I was just like,
1: oh,
2: look at them. Interesting. So, this has been in cold blood. Next week?
3: Me, right? I hope so. Not me. We're going to take, we're going to have an easy breezy week.
2: Easy breezy.
3: Just a little light watching. I picked this movie. I don't think you've done it, BC. But PC, okay, the 40 year anniversary is this year, so 40. Oh, so 1980, Tootsie. No,
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh, wait, 40. Oh, 84. Oh, that's making me really sad. (laughs)
2: That's the year Adam was born. I know.
0: I when she said 40, 40, I just went back to like I was like 1980. I guess I've just stopped counting my age. Yes. Once I hit yeah. 40, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just 40
2: now. Yeah, me too.
3: Ghostbusters. And for, and for some reason, this, no. This movie's giving me women's month vibes. Women's month vibes, 1984. There's a really, I. Flashdance. No, no, but more on the same. There's this star, one of the stars is somebody who I consider an iconic female actress. She likes Julie. mystic pizza. Ah, shit, that would have been a good one.
2: <laughs> wait, it's not. wait, 19. wait, I uh, heard
3: a song on the radio and I thought it was on the soundtrack for this. Desperately seeking Susan. I've never seen that movie. Um, oh, And I thought it was on the soundtrack for this. But I was wrong. But it's what made me think about this movie. Um, I'm trying to look at my history so I can remember the song. Fame. Fame. I'm gonna
2: live forever.
3: No. Um. Oh shit. Okay. How can I not give it away?
2: Hmm, 1984 and an icon. Hmm, Coming of age icon. film. Pretty in Pink. Very close. Oh. Uh,
3: a Breakfast Club. Very close. Oh. Breakfast From club. the man who brought you Mr. Mom and National Lampoon's Vacation. <gasps> um...
0: It is not John Mr. Hughes. Mom. Oh, it's a John Hughes. Now we got to go through John Hughes films.
2: It's, it's not Ferris that.
0: Bueller. No. No. This is a woman. Um, and it's 1980. People are like screaming. You said 16 candles already, right? No. 16, 16
2: candles. candles. Yes. 16 <laughs> candles. Is this uh, Molly? Molly Ringwald. No, I have, yes. been, ha- I have been having. People I get
3: asking. Molly Ringwald and Molly Shannon. I was like, no, it's Molly Shannon. No, it's Molly Ringwald. Molly okay.
0: Ringwald, who's in feud Capote versus the Swan. She hasn't come oh. yet. He hasn't shown up yet. has she he, no, she showed up. She I showed know. up when he went to when he wasn't allowed to go to like either Thanksgiving or something, and he had to go out to her place.
2: Oh, okay. I have had people asking for some Molly Ringwald. uh, Oh, it's only
3: 93 minutes. Ooh.
2: That's my girl. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, is it the numeral 16 or is it the word 16?
3: Word 16. Okay.
2: 16 16 candles. Candles. Does it have uh, some of the Brat Pack in it? I don't know. Judd. It's
3: got Molly Ringwald, Paul Dooley, Justin Henry, and Anthony Michael Hall. Okay. 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 I don't,
1: I don't
0: know if I've ever seen 16 Candles. Really? Another?
3: Oh, man. I used to watch it. Oh, it was one of the it was on rota- in rotation for me. Oh. Nice. In high school,
2: nice. When I was in high school. Nice. All right. Because I have not seen it. You've not seen it? I have not. I haven't seen Pretty what? in Pink. I have. Uh, yeah. I, haven- I I've seen Breakfast well, Club, but I don't remember see, any of it.
0: I what? wasn't I wasn't gonna be like pretty a movie like Pretty in Pink. When I was a little kid, I wasn't gonna watch it because it was Pretty in Pink, and I was like, I it was mean just gonna be. Same,
3: but I guess oh, I got into it
0: in high same. school. Yeah. So I j- I just I didn't, and I didn't. You know, I was watching Hitchcock in high school. I wasn't watching the, what was it, that show that everybody was, the Claire Dane show that everybody watched? My so called life. My like so called life. I was, is, I was yeah. a little 40 year
2: old teenager. She was. She was. <laughs> I was just like, and in 84, we were, we were a touch busy. Yeah. And For I'm
3: sure this is going to be, oh yeah, you mean you didn't go see it when you were, <laughs> it
2: came out May 4th, 1984. No, you oh, were okay. So wildly was uncomfortably pregnant. Two, two months before, I remember Poppy coming home one time. I was laying on the couch, ultra ultra pregnant with with Adam, and he goes, "We're gonna have to change our checks, checks." And I said, "Are you leaving me?" <laughs> <laughs> he had been promoted, so we were gonna have to change the <laughs> check the next promotion. But I was like. Oh my god, he's leaving me. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing the, the hazelnut land seal Im- impression. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Just trying to get comfortable. I
0: just remember your weird pants and just I was just like, what is happening? with the
2: with the elastic panel?
0: Yeah. I was stretch. Like, what's,
2: what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed in cold blood uh, as much as you can enjoy it but you know our take on it and next week is wow iconic going to do a
3: 180
2: yeah. yes we are well there you go listeners
1: Bye.